Tony Katz, April D. Gregory, that's Fingers Malloy. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. We eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars. And Fingers Malloy has weight loss advice for you that involves not eating the crap that comes out of a vending machine 12 times a day. I can't wow. this. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm flat out apoplectic at the moment. Fingers Malloy has been working on different ways to lose weight. And uh, there was a moment. Is he writing there, a book? There was, he, he might as well. He might as well be one of these people who's writing a book. There was a hot second where he was doing Atkins, and then he realized he liked Big Macs. So that was completely out. Sorry. Altogether. And then there was some other thing he was doing. He's talking about he's done the lemonade cleanse. Do you know what the lemonade cleanse is? Yes, I've done it before. Right. You'd be, it's organic lemons. I don't know if there's any sugar in it or not. Uh, no. There's water. Grade and, B maple syrup. Oh, that's right. Maple syrup instead of the sugar. And cayenne pepper. And that's all you drink for about nine years and you lose like seven and a half pounds truly right yes and 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 now now he's decided that the key to losing weight is intermittent intermittent fasting no intermittent crystal meth no it's not it (laughs) that can't be it that's terrible i thought it was cocaine that helps you lose weight oh meth would too i guess nose candy the kids call it nose candy only studio 54 was still open uh no yeah intermittent fasting it's a 16 uh Eight intermittent fasting, they, they call it the, the eight-hour window where you can eat, and then 16 hours of fasting. Okay. As I a love con- that you're an expert now. I am. I, I've watched three YouTube videos on the subject. Have you? So oh, good. Really, I'm I was reg- really sick of all your questions. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, a re- just use your Google. Te- wait, hold on. He's texting you about this? Yes. I'm a what registered dietitian on. now. You be quiet. What was he texting you? What, what is he asking you about? Intermittent- How to By do the way, it. If you've ever done this, can you let us know on the Facebook page? Uh, Facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio, where we're streaming uh, right now, or Facebook.com slash Eat, Drink, Smoke. You've done this before, April? Oh, yeah. I was doing it for a long time there. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, la di da. What is, so what is it? Is, is it just about you only give yourself a certain window to eat? Right. Or is I it one day you that. eat and one day you don't? No, <laughs> I, one just, day, I, I just said that. I, in no way did I think you there were my expert. There are different options of ways to do it. See? You can do Told the you. eat one day, don't eat the next, eat one day, don't eat the next. You can do one, one day of all week not eating. Or you can do like a 16-8 where you eat for eight hours only fast for 16. Now keep in mind a lot of that 16 is overnight while you're sleeping so it's not as hard right. as it sounds. And some people do so well with the 16-8 they go to a 24 where they're only eating 4 hours a day. But really and he fingers can probably attest to this once you get the hang of it you start to have more energy and you feel so much better about your life. Do you feel better well, about your like life crazy. Uh, but uh, well, well there's some <laughs> things that dieting can't help. <laughs> right. That only therapy can. Uh, no, it's uh, the one thing I've noticed so far is I'm sleeping a lot deeper. I'm getting a Ooh. lot more rest when I sleep, and I've lost weight. Okay, I'm down five. Here pounds. is 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 why I I I look at you and I scoff. Okay, go ahead. Because first of all, get in line listen, with that one. Listen, I'm I'm a big guy. This is it, ladies. The, you, you get all this. I don't know. More I don't know. To to, love. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. He's talking about this intermittent fasting. He's talking about how great it is. He's doing the 16-8. Look at him with the codes. I'm not intermittent fasting. I'm 16-8. You know, and he, he's looking, feeling cool about it. He's showing you his members-only jacket. He's all super excited. And then he says, yeah, and I cut out the pastries that you get in the, uh, in the uh, what do you call the thing? The, the, vending, the machine. vending machine. The vending machine. What an age we live in. Right? 
His, if you look at Fingers Malloy entire Instagram, it is nothing but an ode to Mrs. Freshly and every kind of bad food crap. She's you dead can, to me. You can, you can, uh, <laughs> you can put into your mouth, and it's connected to a Mountain Dew. That is his entire Instagram feed, and you're telling me he cut that out, and all of a sudden he's losing weight, and I'm supposed to think this is some kind of revelation? When I'm sorry, I, I can't did... cheer that you finally figured out how not to eat crap. When did I tell you this is some big revelation? I'm just telling you what I'm doing. I told you off the air. Yeah, but, know it's, we're gonna be but it's very it clearly a simple thing to comprehend. You right? crap. You crap. You crap. You you stop eating the vending machine food and the gas station hot dogs, and you lose weight. Like what? What makes you think well, I replaced no it with? healthy greens and I'm still eating crap. Well, I didn't tell you to eat kale. I'm not an animal. Wait, are you still eating that garbage? You just said you weren't eating that garbage. I'm not if you're not eating that garbage, you're going to lose weight. I'm not going to the vending machine every 10 minutes is all I said and this turned into all of a sudden I'm um, making love to salads every day. No, I didn't say that. I still eat garbage. I just eat it in an eight hour window. That's all. But you don't eat the vending machine. Or I stay away from the vending machine because it's not my... And the McDonald's. No, I Big go to McDonald's. Mass. You do? Sure. Stop. You, you, Think of how much more weight you could lose if you were not eating McDonald's. I don't. Well, I, just take everything away from me, <laughs> April, for Christ's sake. I don't want you I'm to sorry, enjoy it's your just life. like a fish. <laughs> the whole thing was just like you're talking about this this new plan, and you got this new outlook on life, and I'm feeling happy for I you. I made one. I'm comment. feeling good for you. Oh, it's and then you're like, oh yeah, and. Uh, and also, uh, is the video dead? I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the video, but I do want to get into national emergency. I don't have a choice. We got to get in to national emergency. Okay, it looks like it's going right. The national emergency that 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 Fingers Malloy was having with his Mrs. Fret. You can't if you stop eating that stuff, you're going to lose weight. There's that's not but some you, kind of revelation. You made out like I came up with some diet plan that I just unrolled for everybody before. I, I made one comment before the show started, and all of a sudden it's uh, fingers. I've got a whole li- lifestyle plan. We're on your side here. No, 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 I'm you not are. so sure. Clearly, you're not. I'm not so sure. Right. Not, let's Thank get to the you. bourbon. Can yeah. we have some bourbon? I need we some can. bourbon. Is it is this within your window? Do you have a window for bourbon? I, <laughs> How about I throw you out a window? How does that work? <laughs> so today, I mean, it is eat, drink, smoke. We usually lead with with uh, what we're, we're drinking. Um, we don't know what we're drinking today. Uh, so Corey, the owner of Blend Bar Cigar, where we're recording from, Indianapolis, Indiana, blendbarcigar.com. Uh, They've got locations in Pittsburgh, in Houston, in Nashville, blendbarcigar.com. Absolutely love the place. He says, uh, hey, uh, uh, drink this. Now, as April D. Gregory will tell you, don't ever trust the guy who walks up to you and says, hey, drink this. You got to have a little tester to make sure that it hasn't been roofied. But he's like, no, no, no. Try this. Let me know what you think. Try it neat. Try it on the big cube. Let me know what you think. He hasn't told us what it is. We're not going to know what it is until later in the show. So we, we start with the nose. I mean, all you can do is start with the nose. And all right, I'm not going to lie. There's a touch of medicinal on the nose, at least for me. Where are you, April? Well, I like the smell, but does it smell like a bourbon or a scotch? It oh. almost has a scotch smell to me. Um, does it? All right. I can't tell you. I can't. T- I'm not 100% sure right now because now I think I'm in my own head about it. Right? I've decided that it's And medicinal. it's very light colored. Yes. It is, an un- it is and not, it's not thick. a thick. It's pretty thin. Dark uh, kind of amber. That, no, this is a much more golden uh, uh, hue 
And Corey says uh, it's it. not like something we've had before. Yeah, so he said this is all new. It this smells like my Nana. Wow. Your Nana? Wow. Speaking of intermittent fasting. She liked the touch of the whiskey. Did she? Uh-huh. Oh, good on her. Everybody needs good, a hobby. Good on her. So so we're going to try this. We don't know what it is that we're doing. Uh, when I, I'm, I'm saying uh, a bit medicinal. Uh, we're to try it neat first. You ready there, Fingers yeah, Malloy? Absolutely. All right, go to it. We'll let Fingers Malloy and April D. Gregory do this first as I narrate. Because very often that with that April, she'll give, get the willies. But she's doing the Kentucky Chew right there. She's bringing it home. And um, did she do the willies? Uh, no. None of the willies. She's like, this is interesting. You know, it's, it's a little intense. But I think once I put it on that cube, I'm probably going to like it. Fingers Malloy, where are you on this? This was... Uh Distilled in a Knob Creek distillery. I'm guessing it's somewhere between three and five years old. Um, <laughs> You're so full of it. <laughs> okay. All right. That is a little. That's that is not as rough on the tongue right. as last week. It's last little... week we did uh, Booker's Kathleen's batch uh, from Booker's. That is not as tough on the tongue, and it does not have a burn uh, on, on the back of the throat. I mean, it's it's very very light if it's there. It's just like the top of my palate is a little bit um, on fire, but it's not burning going down. I'm trying to figure out what that what that flavor is. Mm. I'm trying to figure out what that flavor it, is. To me, it is a little bit of a licorice flavor to it. Is it me? See, I don't know if I'm doing licorice or cinnamon, and sometimes I, I see. I, sometimes I feel the cinnamon, but I know I know that it's not. Cinnamon, I, but it, it's somehow the, the like the catchword that I go to in one of these. April, are you all right? Yeah, I was just trying to you think of what I taste, cube? but I have no idea what I taste. I know it needs. I know it needs a cube. See, I think that you can do this neat, but I don't. I still don't know what I'm drinking. Now I'm usually on ice chips today. I'm on a large cube. I think uh, I'm right going to like the cube for the um, coldness it's going to add, not necessarily the water. Right. So, so the, the the chill sometimes makes it easier, and so that's one of the reasons to do a cube. Uh, but the reason that you add water, you want it on a cube, is that it, it opens up the bourbon. So I prefer two very small chips. I want it to go quickly. The idea of the big cube is that it takes its time. It's just it's not necessarily the way I like it, but I, I'm, I don't object uh, at, at all. So I'm going to let this sit. Uh, for a second, um, I do want to get into national emergency because it happened, and President Trump had the big press conference, and we are we are of very different minds on what happened here. So this is about the border. This is about the wall. It's about building the wall. So the president signed the uh, the bill that went through the House and the Senate, eleven hundred fifty nine pages, and no one read the damn thing. I just Republicans, Democrats, so full of crap. Eleven hundred and fifty nine pages, no one read it. Just. Just to give you an idea, Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged is 1,168 pages. Oh, dear God. No one read uh, Atlas Shrugged. No one. No. It never happened. <laughs> Did anybody finish the whole thing? Because I couldn't finish the oh, whole absolutely. thing. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I will admit I did an audiobook. That's how I did it. was by Edward Herman, the actor who's since passed. Well, maybe I should. Spectacular. Edward Herman doing the audiobook of Atlas Shrugged is fantastic. A great way. Uh, to, to, to get into it. And they Can, didn't miss a beat. Did he pass while he was reading it? No. Come on. Can I digress for one second you and may? just say you clearly like Atlas Shrug. Shrug Atlas Shrugged. Um, is, is that your best conservative book? Or do you no. have a different, any other books that no, are just say, well, this is what conservatism is and conservatism is and this is what 
No, because it influenced me the most. I don't think I would make the argument that Atlas Shrugged is what conservatism is. No, I mean, not really, but like. Ayn Rand's an objectivist. It's a, it's it's certainly different in in a couple of of thoughts, but the basic premise of personal responsibility, the basic concepts of of ownership, one of the the ideas of the book isn't even about your conservatism or, or your political position. It's about how other people decide that they want to be seen and loved and that they know best and they know better than you and and therefore they feel that they have the right to take from you. It isn't that the book is about conservatism. It's not that the book is about uh, objectivism, although, of course, she was an objectivist. It's more to the point that these people who want to do good, this do-goodery always ends in evil because in order to do the do-goodery, they have to take from somebody else. And the only way you can take is by force. So whether you're talking about the uh, reared in steel or whether you're talking about uh, the... the uh, the, the thinkings and the, and the musings and the mind of John Galt, however you want to see it in the, in the book, it is about other people wanting to take from you. And you apply that to today and you take a look at Green New Deal, mm-hmm. you take a look at a whole host of things, everything always comes to wealth redistribution. They call it social justice. They call it racial justice. Uh, the mayor of South Bend who's running for president, Pete Buttigieg, he's 37 years old, he calls it intergenerational justice. It's all wealth redistribution. You, in order to engage any of their justices, I mean, they lie. It's, it sucks that they lie. They're talking about taking money from one person and giving it to another person. They're saying for the good of all of us, you have to give up this. And I don't think that creates a good for all of us. So, so um, no, I don't, know, I don't know if I would call it the best example of, of conservatism. I, think I mean, it's, I guess I think I'm a, saying, like, what influenced you the most? Is there a book... Like that. Oh no, my father influenced me the most. <sighs> I know. I mean, it's true. I'm specifically asking about a book, God. not well, necessarily a person. Yeah. Let's not talk about your Never dad, mind. Tony. Yeah. You know, clearly the book. Let's that not you're talk about that eighty-one-year-old bastard. <laughs> God no. <laughs> like, can you say that no. on radio? What eighty-one-year-old? Yeah, sure you can. Of course you can. But clearly, the book that she is searching is Green Eggs and Ham. Ah yes, <laughs> yes. Everything I need to know I learned in kindergarten. Okay. Well, that's that's the socialist manifesto. <laughs> I will not eat it with a goat. I will not eat it in a boat. <laughs> I'm leaving. So the national emergency, right? He's signing the bill, $1.375 billion. And again, no one read it. And that was the whole point of the whole national. No one read it. I'll get into books that, that moved me a little bit later. Okay. Uh, then he says national emergency. The national emergency is him saying... That I'm going to take eight billion dollars. That I'm going to I'm going to take this 1.375. I'm going to take 600 million dollars from the treasury that we got from civil asset forfeiture, which is a crime, by the way. It should be eradicated in the U.S. I'm going to take three and a half billion uh, from a military construction budget and and a couple other dollars, and this is how we're going to build even more wall. And his argument is is that national emergencies are indeed constitutional. National emergencies have existed with President Bush, with President Clinton, with President Obama, and yes, President Trump has signed national emergencies. And he's going to be able to add on to some Obama-era national emergencies and continue them forward, and then he's going to declare his own. So that was the argument that he wanted to make. And he did it. Uh, listen, you may, I'm a fan of a lot of Trump policies on judges on regulations on taxation this press conference was a meandering nightmare of crap it was ridiculous it was a china conversation north korea conversation he couldn't stay focused the only person who saved it for him was jim acosta of cnn because when before the president came out he sends out the angel moms 
Angel moms are people who have lost a loved one to an illegal alien, right? An illegal alien has killed somebody. They call them angel moms. And so all these women come out and they've got photos of the ones they love to have been killed. And after the whole presser, he's taking questions. Acosta, CNN, is asking a question. And Acosta basically says, uh, didn't you make up uh, the, these stats? What proof do you have that there's really a problem at the border? And President Trump says, ask the angel moms. Is there a problem? And they're all like, yes. They're all like looking at Jim Acosta like he's crazy. He put Acosta in his place, and rightfully so. And it was the only thing that saved the press conference. But the real question is, where are we with national emergency? Because you know the president's already being sued. Congress has the ability to stop a national emergency as per statute. But where are we on this? Are we in favor of this, Fingers? Or, or do we think this is a, a, a massive, massive issue? I hate the whole thing. I, I didn't like it with, I'm, I've got a phone and a pen. A pen and a phone Ooh, from the last right. guy. Obama. I, I don't like this. I don't like the, the whole process stinks. And it goes back to what President Trump said about the swamp. The idea that you can, behind closed doors, negotiate a hundred or uh, 1,159 page bill that nobody saw. Uh, Cocaine Mitch runs onto the, the Senate floor, uh, all excited, like he has uh, some great bill. Uh, and he announces that uh, they've reached an agreement and President Trump is going to sign it. The, the whole thing reeks and speaks to the, the, the real problem that we have in, in Washington. And it's their complete and utter, uh, they're completely out of touch with what the American people mm. think, not only about uh, the border, but the process of legislating in general. Wait, where do you think they're out of touch? Well, where are they out of the touch? They have, they have ignored the... Uh, illegal immigration problem and the problems that we have had on the border for decades. They, 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 there's lip service talking about how we're going to increase border security. Uh, we're going to build a wall. They were talking about building a wall two decades ago. But they turned their backs on it once <coughs> election day is over. And while the American people are saying, look, illegal immigration is a, a big problem. I don't believe that people inside the Beltway believe that, or if they do believe it, they want to ignore it for their own special interests. See, I don't think I don't think he's right there. Um, I think Trump supporters clearly said they want a wall, and um, as far as national emergencies go, let's have an honest conversation. Like this is not the first time a national emergency has happened, and it's not going to be the last. Carter still has one that's active right now. Clinton has six currently active national emergencies. Bush has 11, Obama has 10, and now this is Trump's third currently active right. national emergency. So this is not a new thing, and it's not this particular one that's going to set the precedent going forward. And the Constitution does lay out what could be, you know, when um, people say, oh, well, the next Democrat president's going to come in and declare a national emergency on climate change. Well, that's not really constitutional. When it could be said that border security taking care of the, the country and the people is a national emergency. So there's a, a couple ways to look at this. And, and you're right, and I'm glad you went through the numbers. Very often, national emergencies are declared internationally. For example, there was the, the what's going on, Rohingya Muslims, uh, Rwanda, uh, Sudanese crisis. So there's been a lot of that. There's also been a lot of Latin American crisis to which we've declared a national emergency. To the idea of national emergencies domestically, that doesn't happen very often. But the argument, what, what you're bringing up, April, goes to one of the ugliest things that I think we have seen, which is Nancy Pelosi basically saying, 
man, wait till we get power and see how mm-hmm. we screw you over. But what she's talking about is what is going after things that are constitutionally based. So let's talk about the difference. The border is the purview of the president. The president has the right to engage these border policies. It's why the president is one of the things the president does when elected. There is the constitutional argument, which is known as Article 4, Section 4, which discusses how the, the republic will protect uh, the citizens from invasion. Right. So if you want to engage the idea of the border as invasion, well, then you have an absolute right to have protection on the border. I'm not saying you agree with that. I'm discussing where the constitutional possibilities are in this, because just because you hate it doesn't mean that it's constitutionally inaccurate. I think that the president actually has the Constitution on his side. What you're talking about with Nancy Pelosi, April goes to the idea of she immediately said, well, you can imagine what happens when a president who doesn't share your values gets into office, shares your values, gets really ugly because she immediately goes to it's been one year since Parkland and the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas and 17 people murdered. We should declare a national emergency on guns. The problem is, is that she's got the Second Amendment in her way and she doesn't care. You, They think people would declare a national emergency on on climate and under what auspices would do they do they make this claim? So what you learn from Nancy Pelosi, I think, is man, are these some power hungry people? They're salivating. Not they're not mad at Trump. They're salivating at the idea that he's done it. So now they can do it. And what they want to do it on, they don't. They they have multiple obstacles in their way. At least the president. The argument can be made that this is his purview. Now the question is, should he do it? That's the question. There's the question of how it plays politically as well. I said, uh, I think I was on with with Dana Perino on Fox News. And I said, I don't know what he's waiting for. He's wanted to do this. He wants to do it. Go ahead and do it. But you do have to accept the fact that there are repercussions. Mm -hmm. I don't know where America is on this subject. But one of the things I will tell you is I think they'll forget it and move on to the next thing. Why would I think... There's some kind of long-term pain that the president is going to, to, to feel on this. Do I like it? I'm with you, Fingers. I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all. I, what, what troubles me about this and moving forward, what worries me about the, the border conversation is now you, you've gone in just a few short years from the leader of the Democratic Party getting up in front of uh, Congress and saying we are a nation of immigrants, but we're also a nation of laws to presidential candidates or potential presidential candidates on the Democratic side going down to the border and saying, well, we don't even need a wall down here. We don't need any kind of fencing. Whatever fencing we have, we should tear it down. And to me, that's politically crazy. And it's also with with some of these people on, on the left, it's what I call likable lunacy. Where they're, they're taking positions that I believe are really dangerous, but people may vote for that person just because they're likable and they put a, a nice face on these policies. Oh, that happens all the time. I mean, you vote for people you like as opposed to who can do uh, the best job. Uh, the, one of the weirdest, weirdest exit polls ever was 2012. The exit polls come out. This is Obama uh, Romney, and it is uh, cares about people like me. And the numbers for Barack Obama were off. The charts. And why do I, and I've said this before, I don't care that he cares about people like me. I care that he gets out of my way. I don't want him to know my name. Just let me live my life. Let me keep my money. Let me let me not go down some some maddening road of political uh, hell. 
But yeah, that's always been the case. You know, people vote for people they think you know look good and make them feel good. That's how that's how Kennedy beat Nixon. And that's really one of the reasons why I think Joe Biden presents a, a challenge for for Donald Trump if he ends up getting the nomination. I don't think he will, but. So many people in this country will vote for someone based on, do I want to have a beer with that guy? Would I like to have a beer with that guy? And based on that, you're going to win. Exactly. So that's what's troubling me, especially when you've got a major political party embracing some of these really radical ideas and trying to make them mainstream. Look, I, I the, the ra- we, you were talking about the border. You want to talk about the radical. And you were talking about, you know, they've been kicking the can down the road for years. There's a section of the Democratic Party that doesn't believe in a border, which is we haven't. We're still not addressing the real question here. Do we believe in borders? Because there's this. There's you what? ask that every single week. And, but it's, <laughs> I, and, I, and every single week I'm right. Every single week I'm right, April. So right. just start saying Marcellus Wallace was right. You're right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. More and more. Cortez talking about we need to respect human mobility. Beto O'Rourke talking about how he wants to tear down the wall in El Paso. And now Democrats are like, huh, tearing down walls. Not a bad idea. They don't believe in a border. So how the hell do we expect to get anything done? This, it goes back to that always. But I don't, I'm not 100% sure that a national emergency somehow bites President Trump. I, I, I'm not there. You don't think so either? It's too far away, and it's not... It's just not that uh, big of a deal at this point. It's been talked to death for a few months now, and I just think it was the natural progression, and everybody already kind of accepted that that would happen. And, I'm, and I would just to put my, my, uh, my cards on the table and place down my bet, uh, never mind the court challenges, I believe Congress, Democrats, and Republicans will end the national emergency, and that's going to be the end of it. Really? I, absolutely. It's going to happen in less than 30 days. So he's going to not get the money he that won't he get needs, the money, and, and we're not going to have a wall. We'll have the $1.375 because that's already been signed. He won't get the rest of the money. And what he'll be able to say is, I tried, but you know, these people, they're not serious. These are not serious people. You need, need to vote for serious more years. people. I need four more years. That's exactly, that's exactly what it's going to be. Oh. Well, from what I understand, too, from the omnibus bill that was, was passed, is local officials can veto having the wall built in their area. So uh, at the end of the day, I don't think this wall is going to get built, basically, because there are going to be court challenges and court challenges. This is going to be dragged out for years, probably well after President Trump leaves office. But the, so, so yes, I, I'm not saying no to that. But now let's take a look at the politics and ask ourselves, who does this, who, who's, who wins, who loses out of this? Um, never mind that you're going to say, man, Trump said he was going to build a wall and couldn't do it. Couldn't get past Nancy Pelosi. Couldn't get past Democrats. Got played in this, uh, in this ridiculous bill that he had to sign. Um, and, and man, did he lose. Is, so does that then put an end uh, to Trump 2020? Or is there going to be a real conversation from all those Reagan Democrats in Michigan, your favorite Michigan, where you're a radio host on Wham 1600 AM, Southeastern's, Southeast Michigan's place for conservative talk? That's right. I did it right. Look at me. Uh, um, in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania, all those Reagan Democrats who are going to say, these, these progressives don't even believe in a border? I can't vote for that. And they're going to vote for Trump or whoever it is, because I'm, I'm, I'm one of the people who's not so sure Trump's going to run. Uh, but they're going to vote for the Republican because you can't trust these Democrats. They're for cock to crazy. I think it's increasingly clear that Reagan Democrats are no longer welcome in the Democratic Party. And what they're doing now uh, in this border issue is one of these issues where I believe that they are trying to whip up the really progressive 
part of the base of the Democratic Party in hopes that they'll be able to outdraw Republicans and, and, and Reagan Democrats in 2020. Yeah, but so many of those people actually don't vote. The younger people and whatnot, they just don't come out and vote as much. And um, the other problem is, uh, well, they're, they're the progressive nominee on the Democrat side is going to go more mainstream. So that's going to be a problem. They're going to make you forget all their craziness. Forget all their craziness? Are you in favor of the Green New Deal? Do you believe in borders? Do you think that New York has something to offer with its abortion bill? Yeah, there's always something like that, and it never works out. all the things. Obamacare didn't work out for the Republicans. We knew it was coming, and guess what? Everybody wanted it instead. So people are going to forget the crazy things when it comes down to it helps to have allies in the mainstream media who will try to uh downplay downplay the radicalism of these plans that they're they're going to try to make like oh you know we just had a poll recently that says the americans care about the environment and they'll try to make that sound like well that means that they're for the the green new deal and that'll happen. It'll be like, oh, Republicans are just demonizing this plan. It's not as bad as as what they're saying. Yeah, they've already done the backtrack of, oh, we never said uh, no to air travel. They said no to air travel. Oh, we never said we'd pay the people unwilling to work. They totally said they. Well, and with McConnell pulling the move of he's going to make them all vote on it. Oh, it's so that's good. amazing. Oh, cocaine, Mitch. <laughs> that's the greatest it thing was, he's ever done in his life. It is. Uh, it's some rough, rough and tumble politics. He's going to make the Senate vote on the Green New Deal resolution, putting senators on the record of whether they favor it or not. And you've got multiple presidential candidates who are all going to be no-shows. Guaranteed in your money back. Let's talk bourbon, because this is the mystery bourbon here at Blend Bar Cigar. I don't know what I don't know what it is that Corey uh, poured here. It's been on the cube. I actually took my cube out because really? I didn't want any more dilution. Where are we on this right now? Where I like it a lot bourbon? better that it, it has uh, a cube on it and that the cube is melted a little bit in it. Yeah, I'm a little too much melted into it. This is unbelievably smooth. There is a touch of sweetness. This is not tough on the on the palate, on the tongue, or on the back of the throat. This you can a, feel a touch of, you want me to grab uh, the of heat. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, oh, grab it the bottle. Oh, it is a scotch. I was right. Were, were you right? Wait, what do we got? It what? is a scotch. Is it, is, I is, knew is, it. I knew it. Hold on a second. Head over to head over. That's that's Corey right there. Come All here, right. Corey. Hello, Corey. Come to me. Okay, come on. Come to me. This is this this is Corey Johnson. So it's a scotch. It is a scotch, and what's interesting, it's actually a 14-year-old single grain as opposed to a single malt. And um, Johnny Walker, um, Johnny Walker, uh, I think introduced this um, originally about a month ago, and then uh, Backbone just brought in Old Blowin', and it stands for you know the out of towner, and uh, it's unique. And it's the first time really in the United States that we've had a single grain. And usually single grains are used to blend into, like, for uh, blended whiskeys in Scotland. So so to understand it, when he says Auld Blowin, or Old Blowin, Auld A-U-L-D, yeah. like Old Lang Syne, yeah. and Blowin, the Gaelic uh, phrase for an out-of-towner. Um, so this is a 14-year-old Scotch, single-grain Scotch whiskey. Um, I, I got to tell you, um, good on, on the Scotch. Maybe that's where the whole medicinal thing uh, came from. Remarkably, remarkably smooth. Yeah. That's yeah, good. I mean, I think this is a great introduction to uh, whiskey. Anybody can drink it. I mean, you guys are drinking it neat and then on the Big Rock. And, and I, I like how it gets sort of sweet as it goes on. So great with cigar, great in the morning, evening. <laughs> Doesn't matter when. That's Corey Johnson right there. Blend Bar Cigar right here in Indianapolis. This is, it's very good. 
I didn't. I would know. I, I did not know how to, to phrase it or pick it. I've never had anything single grain before. Uh, old blowing is where it is right there. And this is Eat Drink Smoke. Eat Drink Smoke. So good to be with you. Tony Katz, April D. Gregory, Fingers Malloy. We are already into the smoke. We are engaged in the uh, old blow in which is a single grain scotch. It was actually a mystery bourbon and turned out not to be bourbon. It's a single grain scotch, 14-year-old, uh, is how this is done. Remarkable, by the way. Definitely needed a little bit of water to open it up. This has been incredibly smooth. It's got a touch of sweetness, no burn on the palate, no burn uh, in, in the back uh, of, of the throat. I said on the nose it was a touch medicinal. Uh, April uh, D. Gregory called it and said, I think this is a scotch. Not a bourbon. Well done and well played. Um, in this is really Dang interesting. It, I didn't get that on record. And and enjoyable. It's, it's okay. It's Could okay. you say that part again about it's, me it's, being right? It's oh, on the podcast. Yeah, it's on the podcast. It's there. <laughs> it's always going to be there forever and ever. And we've moved on to the smoke portion. Uh, I am a huge fan of uh, Crowned Heads. That is the name of the uh, cigar brand. They do the J.D. Howard, which I adore. They do the Four Kicks, which I adore. They do the Headley Grange, which is terrific. This is the La Carême, or sometimes the La Carême, depending on how you pronounce it. This is a Connecticut Broadleaf Dominican cigar. Now, Connecticut Broadleaf, I mean, people usually see Connecticut shade wrappers, and they think of a more lighter wrapper. This is a darker, not to the point of a scuro, certainly, um, but oily. You can actually feel it. If you actually are, I mean, take, go ahead, go ahead, Fingers Malloy, touch your cigar right in front of everybody else. Um, it is. It's got that oil. It's, it's got the feel of it. It's almost like an extremely fine, uh, I, I can't describe it, like, like a sandpaper-esque, but not in a, in a, in a damaging way. It's, 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 you just got that little bit of bump, that little bit of feel, that, that oily with a touch of the, of the gritty, and it is incredible, incredible uh, a flavor. Uh, that that comes on here. So this is uh, it's an Equatorian uh, Sumatra binder, Nicaraguan fillers inside, but its its origins is the Dominican. Um, I love love crowned heads, and when blend, which you know blend is is associated with Davidoff, uh, where we record Blend Bar Cigar here in Indianapolis, uh, BlendBarCigar.com. When they started carrying it, absolutely overjoyed how how much I enjoy this. It's a box press, um, so it's that more squared off uh, kind of smoke. Um, couldn't tell you how how happy you're. Definitely gonna get more spice on this because it's a Dominican. But that that uh, that that broad leaf and everything else, you're gonna get um, a bit of cocoa, a bit of nut, a bit of fruit uh, going on there. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot as opposed to let's say those those hard line kind of earthy flavors that I love, right? Woods and dirts and leathers and, and things like this. This is a little more uh, opened up, but not too overwhelming because I don't. I personally. Don't like it when it gets into those uh, levels of, of, of overwhelming. Um, some people will say it's got more of a coffee thing, but again, that can be seen as fruity as well. So this is the La Carema, uh, or Le Carema, or Le Carême, uh, depending on how you pronounce it, from uh, Crowned Heads, Fingers Malloy. Where are you? Here's my problem with it. Uh, it it's, it's, listen, it's, it's very good. But after last week, Tony... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can go. I got to admit, going back and thinking about the Royal Salamonis, which is what we had from Davidoff, $100 a stick. This, by the way, $11 a stick. And I think for $11, for somebody who wants to, who, who likes cigars and wants to expand out, this is a great, great cigar to, to, to go to. 
the Royal Salomonas from, from Davidoff has the unique distinction of being one of the very few cigars I've ever had that the next day left no trace. Right? I even, I it smoked, didn't. It You're didn't. right. I know. Isn't it amazing? Because there's always a taste. There's the always. It, it, it happens, and it's still, to me, it happens. It doesn't bother me. But it's still, it's, it's there. I discovered the, that if you swallow a little bit of toothpaste, it helps take that away. Okay. Good to. <laughs> there was one day I needed to figure out how to get that away. And uh, a little toothpaste. So why'd you have to figure out why to get that away? No reason. Was there anything happening? No. No? No. Nothing special? Nothing no special. No one special? No. Nothing and no one? Mm-mm. Huh. I can't believe you just lied to all of us. Uh, but it's true. If you know, if, if, with, when you realize that, when you, when you experience that, you're like, okay, something happened here that was a little more unique in that flavor profile. And the one thing that I could say about the, the Davidoff Salomonis, the Royal Salomonis, is that beginning to end... It was it was consistent in its profile. Yes. Usually cigars change first third, second third, final third. Consistent in its profile. Um, that said, I'm a I'm a huge fan of, of what we're having here. I'm a huge fan of an end of meal cigar with the La Carême. Uh, I, I think that that's exactly the way to kind of think it. This is a this is a think of it as a nightcap cigar. I would not think of the Royal Salomonis as a nightcap cigar. It is a we are about to in, uh, we're about to embark on a journey. It's going to take 2 to 3 hours. We've got nothing but time. This is oh, that was a great meal. Hey, let's light this up. Now, the, the way this is rolled or pressed, how does that affect the flavor of the cigar? I think if it's at all. I have never found out a good answer to that. I think there may be some experts out there who could tell you about how that changes the draw on something like like this? Um, I, I've always found it a, a, a question of comfort, right? So when we talk about those big cigar, big cigars, right? Those big ring gauges on a cigar, I am not a fan of the fifty-eight pluses. I'll do a fifty-eight ring gauge, but it's too big in the mouth. I know people are like go oh, <laughs> and they giggle and all that crap. It's got to be comfortable. And it's, that stuff is just not comfortable. I find a Lancero extremely comfortable. Uh, this fits because of, of it's, it's almost rectangular. Don't think of it as a square in terms of box press. Think of it as rectangular, long sides and short sides. The long sides in between two fingers fits perfectly. So it, it is a very comfortable thing, and that's a huge part of it. Yeah, I like, I like one that fits well in the fingers and is not wobbling around. No, no, I totally get your point. Yeah. And it's true. The whole No, Yes, fingers, Malloy. Go ahead. I wasn't going to say a word. Did I didn't. Don't, but don't. don't but you smirk, Tony. So don't give me. It was just in my head. I smirk at you. <laughs> but it's so true. All of that matters so much. Part of what you enjoy in a cigar isn't always the cigar itself. It's how the whole presentation comes to you. And so it it it, it matters a great deal. The length of the cigar, the the, the ring gauge of the cigar, and sometimes it, it's it's the box press. Like for example, uh, Rocky Patel in a box press makes the Cameroon. Uh, I have never seen it done any other way in terms of from Rocky Patel. I think the Rocky Patel Cameroon is one of the most underrated cigars in America. And we, and we need. I don't know if we've done that. Have we done the Rocky Patel Cameroon? We've done a Rocky Patel, haven't we? I think we have, but I think we did the 92. I don't know if we did, uh, or the 1990. I don't know if we did uh, the the Cameroon specifically. I love the Cameroon, and it's a box press, and it's just everything about it works so great. So when you say Cameroon, that's not specific to Rocky Patel or any one place. It's it's a... It's a style, and it's 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 how it's the wrapper and everything else. Right. Yeah, and that's... I was was, uh, in in the humidor... And someone asked me a question about, uh, hey, uh, uh, so Churchill is that is that a, is that a brand or, or is that a is that a style? 
I was like, well, it's it's both, right? The Churchill is that very long cigar in the eight and a half inch kind of kind of category, and then Davidoff has the Winston Churchill, like the the, the late hour, and the late hour is a remarkably oh, good smoke, so good. right? But that's not a Churchill cigar it's in terms of, of of the size of it, in terms of the shape of it. It's just it's, it's a different thing. So we're a little bit into this. April, where are you on the La Corinne? I like it. That's wow. all I got. Yeah, I uh, like it. Okay. That's a that's a that's a thrilling <laughs> endorsement for the people at Crown Heads. It's an easy, um, like you said, eleven dollars. It's an easy grab go. It will satisfy your cigar need. I would suggest to you doing this. At, make this an after meal cigar. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think. Tell me it just didn't hit right. And ha- and honestly, w- w- maybe you're having an after dinner drink. Your after dinner coffee. This cigar will go with it. You just got to trust me on that. Now, let's talk French fries. Because the people... I should have brought French fries. You should, yeah, and yet here we are. <sighs> here we are. Because you want to sabotage fries. me at every turn. I do. I want to sabotage you The again. Los Angeles Times has decided they wanted to make America hate more. Everyone's already angry about everything. Right. On every level. And they're like, hey, how can we add to the hate? So they decided to rank French fries. Best to worst, and they did it in the following way: they went by texture and taste. So they took these two things together: what has texture, what has the best taste, and they put it together, and they came up with the rankings. I ask you, April D. Gregory, which French fries are the very, very best? Oh gosh, um, you know I'm so partial to the Chick Fil Chick Fil A fries, and but I'm gonna if that's. That's not the best. That's a waffle fry. That's a waffle Ugh. fry. But yeah. that's just the one they have the most often. Um, Which French fries are the best? God, they're all good. They April all have Gregory. their good qualities. Steak and Shake is good in its way. Chick fil A is good shake, in its way. Number four on the list. Steak and Shake fries, number four yeah, on the and list. Chick fil A was way but down there. Chick-fil-A I got to say. was number 11, yeah. which I think is savagery because I think they have and great so fries. And so many of these. Okay, I'm just going to say, yes, McDonald's is number one, and they were number... No, they were no, second they on the list. Five Guys, I cannot stand Five Guys fries. No? I cannot stand them. No. My I agree. kid won't go because he thinks the place is dirty and disgusting. McDonald's? No, Five Guys. He doesn't understand... Uh, they don't understand the peanut shells on the floor. Oh they don't understand... <laughs> Their hamburgers any. are so yeah. good, though. Um, a lot of these places I would have ranked differently and higher if they hadn't changed. Like Wendy's, they changed their fries a while back, several years ago. Their old fries, way better. But Wendy's doesn't Burger King, matter. same way. Wendy's fries don't matter because all they are is a delivery vehicle for the Frosty. Yes. So it doesn't matter. Yes, you have to dip the fry in the Frosty. But it was better uh, several years ago before they changed the style. I didn't know, know they changed fries. So Five Guys is number one on this list. Followed by McDonald's. And number three, and I need to ask you, Fingers Malloy, because you're an expert on this. Del Taco. I've never been to a Del Taco, so I don't know. Yeah, those ah. are California. Yeah, it's a California How thing. How in the world is is Del Taco having the best French fries? It's not even possible. It's not even math. Number four is Steak and Shake, and number five is Arby's. Awful. Have, they're great. The curly fries. Those curly fries dipped in some cheese? No. I never had oh them dipped my in gosh. cheese. Curly yeah. fries and that, that burnt kind of... Uh, flavor, that Crusty. texture that they have. That oh, the kind of breading stuff? Oh, terrible. Awful. Do you like Arby's? No. Nothing about Arby's is good. Ex- why do people mock Arby's? Why do they Why do they hate on Arby's? Why do you hate the meats? I know. Meats are good. Meats are delicious. They've got gyros. Who doesn't like a little lamb in their life? I, I For me... Some lamb, some tzatziki. For me, Arby's is awful only because their fries are so terrible. 
to me, to me, Arby's and Wendy's are the two worst fast food fries. When you're talking a, a national yeah. chain, old Wendy's was so much. Oh, better. old Wendy's fries were so good, and then they mm-hmm. went to this natural cut crap uh-huh. that they're they're just god awful. You know, you know who ranked in the L.A. Times poll or the their findings here the worst fries, In and Out Burger, mm-hmm. and I think there's going to be a riot from those West Coast people. They're going to take to the streets. Well, you've, I mean, you, you lived in California. I, I hear people in California talk about how, you know how the Texas people say Whataburger, Whataburger is the best thing since sliced bread, right. and then the In-N-Out Burger people in California say, no, Whataburger is, is low-rate crap. Uh, you've had, I'm sure you've had In-N-Out Burger at some point. When I have. The, uh, and you tell me. And Carl's Jr. is way better. Carl's Jr. on the West Coast is Hardee's on the East Coast, yeah. and it's way better. Carl's Jr. Is, is way better. My guilty pleasure food is, is, Carl, is Carl's Jr. Oh, my gosh. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah, In-N-Out Burger is a totally overrated it's, experience. It's different things, though, because if you're in Texas, you can actually get In-N-Out Burger around Dallas also. So one time a few years ago, I was there for New Year's, and I made my friend drive me to In-N-Out Burger and Whataburger. I'd had both at different times, but I that one specific night, I did both together to see which I liked. And the thing is, I can appreciate foods for what they're supposed to be. So they're two different types of burger, and I like them both. Well, I, I dispute this whole poll to begin with because I don't think of... To me, a fast food restaurant has to have a drive through window. And if it doesn't have a drive through window, then it's not a fast food restaurant. So, so to me, five, doesn't have a fa- five Guys... Have you been to a Five Guys that has a drive through window? No, I've never been to one. I, I haven't. So, wait, you, you have to have a drive through to be fast food? That's the way I look at it. You've you got to be able to go to that place and not get out of your car to consider it fast food. There is a... I forget where it was. Can you look this up, April? Yeah. There is... There was a study that, like... 19% of people eat a meal in their car at least three times a week? Yeah. I couldn't... I, 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 I believe flabbergasted. that. I do. Do you really? I have... I'm in a car Not two a hours snack, a day. a meal. Yeah. I'm in a car two hours a day. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, yeah. I, McDonald's. Yeah, it's 20%. 20% yeah. of all American meals are eaten in the car. Yeah. And that was three Whole, years ago. Wait, wait, wait. 20% of all meals... Twenty oh percent of all American meals are eaten in the car. I don't know what to do with that information. That's insane. Even when when we travel, even when the family travels, when we stop, we stop. We get out. We you eat there. Get out? It, Absolutely. Really? Well, we get out. We use a, we use a bathroom because we're not animals, right? There's not. Oh, just, we just go in the car. There's too. not just some <laughs> gallon jugs <laughs> laying around for people to find for the next episode of Hoarders, and and uh, and we eat. Yeah. Oh God. Like yeah. at a sit down restaurant. No, no, no. We, it might be a, it might be a Chick Fil A or something like that. Yes, oh, no, I meant like a uh, Cracker Barrel or something like that. I mean, you you, you go to a fast food restaurant and sit and sit. Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. And when I'm traveling, absolutely. Oh no, thank you. We can, you can I would snack in eat, a car. I would rather the eat. idea of eating the meal in the car grosses me out. I would rather eat in a car, my car, than eat uh, at a sit down and eat at a fast food restaurant. Do you they, sit? They, do you they sit, clean you, those. They clean those tables like once every decade. Will you sit down and use the bathroom? Um, at a fast food restaurant? Yeah. Oh, yeah. On, 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 on like some interstate? Uh, yeah, that's no problem. Okay. <laughs> but you <laughs> My won't food's eat. not there. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll sandblast my ass after it's over. Um, no, true story. The other day I was in, sitting in Starbucks trying to mind my own business, getting a coffee by myself, and a lady sits down next to me, and she had already covered the seat in plastic bags. So she wouldn't be sitting on the germs. Plastic bags? Yeah, like, gross, like uh, trash bags. Oh, this bags. is in the toilet. No, she, no, no, she, in, in, in she in covered the, the Starbucks seat 
in trash bags. And then she, when she came back from the bathroom, she was in there for 20 minutes. Like, and she comes back and tells me her whole routine of how, how many times she flushes the toilet before she goes to clear out previous people's um, okay, yeah, excrement. We get it. And then uh, her, her mechanisms of what she puts on the toilet before she goes, how she cleans the toilet before she goes... This is why small talk is this, terrible, Tony. This was a, listen, I, this was a 10-minute conversation this lady was having with me, and I did not even get a word in. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is a nightmare. She why is, didn't you get up She is spending 10 minutes because I didn't want to be rude. I don't oh, know. You're, insane. <laughs> oh, yeah. you're so ridiculous. So I sat there for a you total of rude. 40 minutes she while talk, she was just talking my you ear off. You live stream. You take video. You're putting pictures on Instagram. You're every, you, This, you're like, hey, I'm not going to record this. No one else should experience this? I should have. I mean, the, people, the other people in the restaurant were like, or the Starbucks were watching me going, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for you right now. And none of them came to help. You got to get up uh, and leave. You're on your own there. Well, I, I, I kept trying to. I was like, I got to go to the gym. And it, I would get up to go and she'd say, one more thing before you go. And that turned into like 10 more minutes. That's <laughs> One I, more thing before I, you go. I don't have any of that compulsion whatsoever. I just walk away. You put your earbuds in... I feel like maybe in. she just obviously needed somebody to talk to, and I was just going to make her day. By and she told me that she could tell I was a very intelligent person. So at that point, I was like, "Well, I'm going to say." And a liar. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I I have no problem with. Listen, there's something to be said for being nice. There's something to be said for being polite. There is something wrong with somebody who will start that kind of conversation. And when you start by laying down the, the plastic bags, they're, they're, they're warning you. A quarter of the way through I that conversation, I would have taken one of those plastic bags and put it over my head. <laughs> <laughs> and prayed for the sweet angel of death to come down and kiss me on the forehead. So are we in agreement that McDonald's is the best fry? McDonald's is the best fry. Okay. Oh, five guys is for, McDonald's. No, no way. But you just but, already said that it's not a fast food restaurant. It's not a fast food restaurant. McDonald's so is the McDonald's. best for the three minutes oh, wait, that they're okay, hot. Let me ask you one more question. I know you want to move on, but to no. me, you cannot. I, I love ketchup on my fries except McDonald's. I will not put ketchup on McDonald's fries because McDonald's fries are so means. good. Um, McDonald's fries to me are so good. I don't want to sully them with ketchup. I, I do if I'm inside and I get the little cup of ketchup that you, you do the dip. Uh, I do it that way, but McDonald's are the only fries that I will not mix with mayonnaise because normally I do the mayonnaise ketchup combo. But not for McDonald's fries. That's either no ketchup or inside dip ketchup. You guys have a lot of rules. <laughs> it's an incredible number Particular of rules for your French fries. With you eat ketchup with all your fries? I don't. Or none I don't of them. Even, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah, you usually can't take the fries. time to eat ketchup with your McDonald's fries because they go cold and bad in two point five minutes. I can't tell you the last time I had ketchup on a French fry. Now. Oh my gosh! Really? Yeah, I don't know when the last. Mine time. is like twenty. Mine's like thirty percent ketchup, seventy percent mayonnaise. And for the record, you give me take all the French fries you want. Tater tots are better. No. Yeah. Tater tots no are way. a thousand so times right. better. No You're wrong. And I never understood. You're a million times wrong. It took moving to Indiana to realize the craziness that people have for tater tots and the fact that they're right. You're so it, wrong. I would rather have a tater tot poutine than a french fry poutine. No, oh. never. Any day of the week you, and twice on Sundays. You go and get a bar burger and they give you a choice of french fries or tater tots. You take the tots every time. I'm taking totally take the, the fries every time. Hopefully they're waffle fries if I'm at a bar burger. What? Why are you playing with your hair right now? Because I'm taking a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> the men say that's hot when you play with your hair. It, it is. It is. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, that's the that's the classic flirting position, right? Play, playing with your hair. That's no, exactly the, what it the is. The classic flirting position is taking a bunch of plastic bags and putting them over your chair before you sit down. <laughs> Alexandria Casio Cortez uh, has um, engaged in some questionable behavior. The representative, the Democrat from New York, she 
gave her boyfriend a congressional, congressional email account. His name is Riley Roberts. I didn't know she had a boyfriend. And I didn't know she had a boyfriend because I thought she was gay. Well, do was you- there was a whole conversation. Wait a second. There is a whole conversation about how she um, feels privileged. Uh, she has, she says she feels privileged because she is not, uh, because she's straight. She says she feels that oppression of privilege just because she is straight. No, no, no. wait, wait. No, wait, that's the thing. What? She fe- what? Yeah. What's a privilege? Being, Being straight. She feels like she, that's, that's an, oppre- you know, how people are like, oh, I'm white. That's oppressive. She's, so gay she's straight. people are oppressed? No, she's oppressed because she's straight and she is not. So um, she has the she has so the privilege she, of being straight, yes. and therefore the privilege means she's oppressed. Yes, she gets, it's too so much, much for her. <laughs> it's, it's something that it's a burden she has to bear. Oh, I'm gonna need an abacus to figure this whole this thing is, out. It, people are just gross. Anyway, she I I thought she had said she was gay. It's the only reason I thought she was gay. I never, and I, I don't pay attention to who's dating whom. I know Mitch McConnell is married to Elaine Chow. That's like the only thing that 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 I know. But you didn't know Neil Diamond was gay. I don't think that's true. Is Neil Diamond gay? Don't look at me. I'm not old enough to know that. Oh, good Lord. You're not old enough to know that. Read a book. Is Neil Diamond really gay? Yes. So, prove it. Prove it. Find that on a website that doesn't start with like Pop Sugar or TMZ. You find that on a website, get back Wiki, to me. Wiki him real fast. It might say partner. Does he have a partner that we know of? You, while you're looking up Neil Diamond, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez creates this, this email address for her boyfriend. It's noted by a reporter by the name of Luke Thompson that he's got this uh, this email address. Cortez responds by saying, um, actually, this, this is a, a, a calendar de- designation. It's a permission so we can have access to my Google Calendar. Congressional spouses get GCAL access all the time. Next time, check your facts before you tweet your nonsense. Now, two things. First... That's not necessarily true. Jason Chaffetz, former chairman of the Oversight Committee, uh, said it's naive and inappropriate. You wouldn't allow it in most companies, let alone the House of Representatives. And he said, when I, was in the, when I was in the House, my scheduler would forward my wife my schedule once a week. But you're not allowed unfettered access to it. So she seems to have made a, a serious faux pas here, not worrying about the rules in any way. The best part is the reporter who reported it, he got locked out of his Twitter account. He got blocked. Are you on serious? Tw- on, and not allowed back until he deletes the offending tweets. And the offending tweet was a screenshot of this guy's email uh, address, uh, saying that look, she gave she gave her boyfriend a a uh, email address. And by the way, he's listed as staff. Does that mean he also got a job? Did she give her boyfriend a job? Well, can we? I mean, in past you would say that's an ethics violation, but if if your daughter and son-in-law can have a job, can can your boyfriend have a job? Well, the question would be: Are they actually doing something? The question would be: Are they actually is doing? He, yeah, is he? Does something? he have a job? Is he doing a job? Because he getting have, paid. There was there was a congressman congresswoman uh, was it Brown, I believe it was, who just got indicted uh, for. Uh, for uh, shoveling money around. And, and there's always these kinds of disgusting things that all, every, all Americans hate, regardless of your political party. But, like, you don't give a boyfriend a, a, an, an email account. And you don't suspend a guy from reporting on it. That's crazy talk, fingers. Uh, first of all, uh, to correct the record, Neil Diamond is not gay. Apparently, I got him mixed up with Barry Manilow. 
Barry Manilow is gay. <laughs> well, we know that. So I apologize to Neil Diamond. Great. Um, my apologies. No, uh, this is absolutely. I, talk I, about, I knew it, by the way. Talk about privilege. Uh, you know, uh, who gets to just hand out congressional, email, congressional account? email accounts like that? Uh, to me, that reeks of privilege. Yeah, it does. It, 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 everyone, everyone can't stand that garbage. Now, the truth is, in the, in the big scheme of things, it isn't the biggest thing in the world. Although, I don't know, did he, did he pass some kind of a background check? We already know that there are cases of people getting email addresses and utilizing them and secret email addresses that were there. And what access did that give uh, to people? Did he, did he, was there a background check? Was it passed? Or did she just sign some piece of paper because she's a member of Congress and give him this access? I think that's a worthwhile question. The bigger one is reporter gets blocked on Twitter. What the hell are Twitter's rules? Well, I wonder. I mean, part of the speculation as to why he got banned was because a bunch of uh, the AOC's fans reported that original tweet as uh, oh they went they, they went to town like yeah. the, the Cortez so maybe supporters. they did a, like an instant ban until they could figure out right if it was that's, actual that's one of the theories behind it but that just tells you once again how uh, Twitter system is completely and representative Ilhan Omar basically called the Jews a bunch of money grubbers who pay people to to endorse their their positions she's still on Twitter which is worse this is why Twi- Twitter is, is, is this dumpster fire of crap. How ca- Kathy Griffin still has a Twitter account. Right. It, it's, it's simply amazing to me. It, 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 you got a, there's a long list. There's a long list of those things. But I just, I, I found it gross, you know, that, that, that here you have what? It, it, it's reporting news. News happens all over Twitter. And it's a, quote, right-wing Twitter conspiracy. Because it's a right-wing Twitter conspiracy that she gave her boyfriend. An yeah, that's what some of these uh, articles are saying. How is that a right-wing Twitter conspiracy? The truth is now a right-wing uh, Twitter conspiracy. There was a picture. There's a picture of it because the, 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 this is the the narrative that's going out there is that conservatives and people on the right are just simply obsessed with the AOC. And they are trying to dig up different things all the time to try to try to discredit her, to try to belittle her, and. You would think it, it, it's amazing to me. On one hand, you can celebrate her as this twenty-nine-year-old woman who came out of nowhere uh, to become a congressman, but she's also a victim that needs to be protected from any kind of criticism. Uh, protected classes, protected people. I, I, Seems kind it, of privileged. Wait, the same thing is true of Representative Omar. She she said what she said. She ba- she she didn't basically said she said that members of Congress are paid off by the Jews. That's what she said. You're talking about APAC. You're talking about, it's all about the Benjamins, uh, right? That, that's what she said. And by the Wait, way... Wait, is that a PAC, all about the Benjamins? No, it's not a PAC. All about the Benjamins. APAC, which is the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee. It's not right, even a PAC. Right, right, right. It's called APAC, but it's not a PAC, as we know, a political action committee uh, today, which is all about money. The, these guys, they, don't, they, they advocate for policy. They don't, they don't advocate for candidates. That's not how they... They they give their money. It's not it's not how it works at I all. I need to know what all about the Benjamins is because I think that's fantastic. So all about the Benjamins is is from a I, I forget the the rapper right I forget right the, Puff, the song Puff Daddy Barry Pete, Manilow whatever you call him nowadays so Barry Manilow Sean that's, Young that's right who by by the way Barry Manilow is gay and Neil Diamond Stop is not Stop the presses. I'm will I, I will bet you right now Neil Diamond has gotten laid more than you. 
<laughs> and that's and that's the, and that's just today. Uh, but more than all of us, by and the way. And that's just the man today. has a guitar and he can sing. He's been married three times. He is the crunchy granola sweet man. Oh, I love some good. Uh, now I know a bunch of Neil Diamond's personal life. Thank you, Wikipedia. It's it's, it's all there for you. You started it. But it, but so so she said that you know, uh, you know she the question was from from Glenn Greenwald uh, who writes at the Intercept and and the question was foolhardy. He that the, the original tweet was wrong. You know why is it that when uh, um, you know it was a, a criticism of, of Israel or whatever it was and and uh, why is it when when uh, somebody is. Uh, uh, critical of Israel that all of a sudden they're told they're not allowed to have their uh, free speech rights. You can be critical of Israel all you want. No one's keeping your free speech rights. What's kind of gross, if not totally gross, if not clearly anti-Semitic, is saying that Jews are paying people off. It's ugly. The, uh, The whole idea of politicians taking money and the idea that somehow that they're beholden to the money that they take has been discussed everywhere and all the time. Why is this all of a sudden the Jews? This is what Representative Omar has to deal with. And then the fact that she's she didn't re- her apology was a non-apology. She's fundraising off of it about how she's going to stand strong against what she's what is she standing strong against? People noticing that her commentary was anti-Semitic and it goes into a long line of things that she said before. And it's gross. What the hell is she standing strong for? And she's fundraising off the thing. Of course, because that's what it's all about. It's all a grift. Everything is a grift when it comes to Washington. I'm sorry. But this what, what bothers me about what you just said, Tony, is there's this knee-jerk reaction when someone makes comments like that that they're, the, the reception to those comments says, oh, she doesn't have a right to free speech. She has every right to free speech, but there are consequences consequences to making statements. Yes. And if you say something that's Absolutely. anti-Semitic, there's going to be a backlash. I would hope there would be a backlash. And you have to stand up and... Be uh, cognizant of the fact that there are repercussions from saying something like that. But if people, but if you do, then it's like, oh, well, you don't like free speech. Well, no, actually, I love free speech. I'm actually glad that she's saying stuff like that, Tony, because it gives us a window into her mind. Right. We know who she is. We know what she's all about. It's truth. And and by the way, speaking of uh, of uh, fundraising, if you go to TonyCats.com, you can click nice. uh, right there. <laughs> and if you didn't see April, finally, uh, finally, I've been able to. Uh, to, to do the right thing there. If you go to TonyCats.com, where I'm going to it right now, it's one of the best websites in the history of, of all time. Um, it, it's uh, Donate. It's right there. You can click on Donate, and you can make a, a monthly donation, or you can make a one-time donation, uh, keep the podcast going, all the podcasts going. We absolutely uh, appreciate it. Make sure, uh, listen, people have been doing great. They've been going to iTunes, uh, dropping those five-star reviews. We're growing. We're building. Could not be more appreciative of that. iTunes is the place to be. And give that five-star review. Give the five-star review on iTunes. Uh, you, April, have wanted to start um, rewarding people for for their reviews. Rewarding we, good behavior. We, yes, yes, clearly. Clearly, everybody gets a treat. Uh, we're going uh, next week. And is it next weekend? Then we're going to be there two weekends from now. Right. Uh, we will be at the Conservative Political Action Conference. And so we're going to be doing the, the, the show from there. I'm, I'm curious to see how it's all going to go down. It's the same weekend that President Trump is meeting with Kim Jong-un for the second time. So in who, D.C.? No, not in D.C. Uh, they're meeting in Vietnam. Uh, so uh, I'm curious, just curious how where everybody, you know, what, what do people think of this politically? So we're going to be like in the, in the hotbed of all the activity and, and, and doing that. And then, we're, of course, we're going to be smoking and, and drinking as, as it goes along. Um, so we'll be there uh, to, to, to do that. After that trip... We're going to figure out, uh, for everybody who's given us uh, a five-star review, what they get. 
we will figure out what it is uh, they get for the next, you know, up up to up to like review number. We'll pick a number and uh, we'll send that out to people. We'll figure we got to figure out how to send that out to people because I don't even know how to do that. That's gonna be all you, April. I I'll don't do know. It. Do I got it. You got this. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. You say that. Mm-hmm. Do you mean that? I do mean it. Oh, well, then there it is. So five star review on iTunes. Now we're also on Google Play, also on Stitcher, uh, and you can find it. You always get the podcast at TonyCats.com and. Click on the donate button if it suits uh, your fancy. Find April D. Gregory on Twitter at April D. Gregory. And, of course, Smart Girl Politics, uh, the podcast at iTunes and on ricochet.com. Fingers Malloy, Wham, 1600 AM uh, there in Michigan. And, of course, the Snark Factor podcast and the Enough Already podcast. The man does a lot. Man does a tremendous amount of work. Fingers Molloy Radio on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Fingers Molloy Radio. Everything you need from me is at TonyCats.com. You can get to the Facebook page, Tony Katz Radio, Instagram, Tony Katz, Twitter, Tony Katz. It's so easy uh, to do. And uh, thanks to Blend, Blend Bar Cigar, uh, for uh, setting us up today. BlendBarCigar.com. Fingers Molloy, April D. Gregory. I'm Tony Katz. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke.